Well, as for my my ability to invest, let's just say that I'm the kind of guy who's happy when he finds a toonie on the ground. This is by the ounce. This is David. And this is Jenny. And you're listening to By the Ounce. Welcome to episode six. Today, a conversation with the author of Canadian Cannabis Stocks Simplified, Corrine Doan, about the wild world of cannabis investing. Plus, read all about it. We just published our long-awaited second issue of The Ounce magazine. And we're trying out Bing's THC Oral Strips. We'll see just how fast-acting they are. Hi, Jenny. Hey, David. Thanks for joining me again. Episode six. Wow. Yeah, we're trucking along. We've gone to every two weeks, which I think is manageable considering the million and a half other things that we're doing here at The Ounce. And of course, we'll get into a little bit of what the magazine entailed. But first, we're going to have some fun with these being fast acting oral THC quick strips. I've talked to a couple of people who have tried them out and they say it's about five minutes before you start to feel that effect and that it's a pretty good feeling. So we'll see. They come in CBD as well. I think that we should just get straight into that. I mean, they're 10 milligrams of THC. And if they hit that fast, there may not be a lot of Jenny on this podcast because I tend to get very quiet and introspective when I've had that much THC. They're kind of like Listerine strips, if you've ever seen those. Um, With the Listerine strips, mind you, you put them on your tongue and they freshen your breath. With these, you put them under your tongue or against your cheek and they get you high. So they make you a little fresher, perhaps. Do you know why you put things under your tongue or in your cheek? Why? Because, and here's where I'm going to use a very technical term, because I was at one time a dental assistant, but the oral mucosa of your mouth is quite thin there, and so then your bloodstream absorbs whatever you put there more quickly. The oral Nicosa? Mucosa. Mucosa. Yes, so that's the word of the day, I guess. Oral mucosa. <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> Quite literally. Here we are opening these up. Now, I was curious to see if they were packaged individually. Um, yep, they are. So they kind of come in this rectangular package. Uh, you can rip it off. I mean, I feel like this is classic cannabis standards where we have packages and packages in packages <laughs> until we get to, you know, the good stuff. It's cannabis inception. The little Russian nesting dolls. <laughs> Babushka dolls. That one I know. Well, they smell minty, which is kind of interesting. Oh yeah, right away. The way that the package comes apart is pretty cool. You can Practically just open the package without touching it and then uh, pop it into your mouth. So inside it's a little square. Uh, We'll post some pictures when we do the review on uh, OkanaganZ.com. You can also reach at uh, theounce.ca. 
Uh, they look uh, spackled almost, a little bit clear. Uh, yeah, square-shaped. Comparison to Listerine strips is very strong, but instead of that bright Listerine blue, they're just sort of a whitish, clear, you know, color. Mm-hmm. Well, let's give this a try. Getting it underneath your tongue is a bit of a trick to it. It's like if you go to the dentist and they're putting those x-ray films into your mouth. It's a little awkward. But it starts to soften up once you get it in there. I'm just looking at Being's website, which age-gated me yet again. I have... I've got to have had about 500 birthdays by now for every different one that I put in here. Because let's be real, putting in your actual birthday is just boring. It's much more fun to be born in 1923. 1903 is my favorite year to be born. (laughs) So according to being, well, edibles, oils, and capsules typically take 60 minutes or more. I'd say they don't take quite that long myself. To pass through the digestive system, being oral strips dissolve in your mouth and are absorbed sublingually, delivering cannabinoids directly to the bloodstream in as little as five minutes or less. So I've taken a look at the clock here, and we're going to put that to the test. Now, these are uh, great for people who don't want to smoke. And so many new Cannabis 2.0 and Cannabis 3.0 products, we'll get into that in a later show, what Cannabis 3.0 actually is, are are really benefited um, by the ability of not having to smoke if you don't want to. Another great thing about these oral strips is that they're very discreet. So you can bring them with you and, uh, you know, maybe you're going to a concert um, when we can eventually go to concerts again. Fingers crossed that won't be forever from now. Um, You know, when you're out and about and you don't want to have a big smoke cloud hanging over top of you, this is a great way to partake. I mean, among other things, maybe just because you've got kids around and you don't want the smell or you're a renter and you can't, you know, it's not as cannabis friendly where you're at. It's all kinds of reasons you may or may not want to be discreet. So it's a very minty, peppery kind of taste and definitely got to fight a bit of an urge to cough. I've got that urge now. Because you're kind of holding it in your mouth, but it's kind of dissolving. It kind of creates a bit of an odd situation i think in your mouth it's not as sweet as a lot of mint things are like yeah the peppery is a good way to put it um not as yummy as like the peppermint chillers that you get from that's aurora right yeah that's aurora the drift the drift peppermints one of the reasons why it takes longer for things like edibles and oils to take effect is that they have to go through your digestive system and uh, that can alter the THC a little bit and it does take time to go through your system. Now with these, they just bypass that completely. That's been about five minutes and I'm not really feeling anything personally just yet. How about you? How are you feeling? Uh, no, I don't know. Like 
maybe just the beginning hints, but nothing, you know, I don't feel like it's hit me hard or anything. And I mean, I'm expecting because the dose is as high as it is for me that um, I'll really be feeling it when I'm feeling it. So <laughs> You're a great canary in the coal mines. Normally you're most comfortable at about 2.5 milligrams, maybe five milligrams THC if it's got some CBD added to it. This is just straight 10 milligrams of THC, no CBD whatsoever. Though it does truly depend on what situation I'm in. When I'm just at home, I'm, you know, and relaxing, I'm a lot more willing to, you know, indulge a little more. However, if I have to interact with more people or I have things to do, I need to keep the dosage lower. (laughs) Otherwise, I couch lock too hard. I'm starting to get a little bit of a feeling to it now. Yep, so fairly quick onset, that's for sure. Um, Faster than the other types of Cannabis 2.0 products that we've tried. Not quite as fast as huffing down a vape or smoking a joint, that's for sure. But that's one of the big challenges too when it comes to edibles. People like me who just desire that instant gratification always have a lot more fun with things that just hit right away. You know, the impatience of waiting um, is not one of my strong points. True. And I mean, even though I am... I'm a bit of a THC baby. I, I do get a little impatient sometimes with, with the edibles, um, but I have a harder time vaping or smoking a joint in part because I feel like there's so many more variables and I can't control um, the amounts that I'm intaking as much. So I've learned, I've learned patience. But I have gotten myself into trouble where I've been like, nah, I'm not feeling it. I'm having something else. And then it's been a little too much. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling it. It's it's there. So looking at about 10 minutes now and it's starting to kick in pretty good. It's a, it's, it is a gentle onset though. I don't feel like I was slapped in the face. True. I would agree. Volume 1, Issue 2 of the Ounce Magazine is now out. Insert crowd cheer. Yay! It's been a fun process to make the magazine. Yeah, what have you enjoyed about making the magazine? Well, it's really cool to see your name in print, let's be honest. I had never thought I would be any sort of writer. I was not a great English student. I didn't really enjoy it, but according to you... Mr. Wiley, I am a pretty good writer. So that's neat. Um, but no, it's, I don't know, just the whole creating a product, putting something out there for people to see. Um, it seems like, generally speaking, we've had really positive uh, reception of it. People get pretty excited about, about seeing that, which, you know, as much as so much of what we do lives in a digital space, I think we all still really appreciate having something physical in our hands. When we first launched OkanaganZ.com, the vision was that we would have a magazine. I come from a print background and 
I guess you could say that I romanticized print a little bit and always wanted to publish my own magazine. Cannabis just seemed like the perfect topic. And nobody here in the Okanagan had done it. Very few publications exist even in Canada when it comes to cannabis. Uh, There are a few big ones out there and some smaller ones that are starting to make traction in certain places. And we really wanted a venue to share good, credible, interesting local information and a place where we could tell the stories of people who are working in the cannabis industry. This is a groundbreaking legal industry. And we wanted to make sure that we could document how it was being done, what was happening for people who are looking back years from now. And a great way to do that has always been through print. It's been such a positive experience putting out this magazine and having the chance to build a community, really, a cannabis community around, um, you know, a water cooler where we can discuss what's happening in the valley in particular and across the country, even across the world. We, We love to talk about the global impact that cannabis is having all over, and that's going to continue to get even bigger as we move forward. We're seeing Europe make changes. We're seeing the U.S. make changes, Mexico, Australia. It's fascinating to see how cannabis is spreading around the world and how people are starting to see the benefits of it. I mean, we love to talk about getting high because it's fun, but we also talk about the health benefits, especially when it comes to the benefits of CBD and other types of cannabinoids that are only starting to really become more mainstream. I'm really interested in continuing to highlight the people of the cannabis industry um, because as much as the global impact is really cool, I think it's always nice to remember what's close to home. Uh, And I think especially now we're all looking for more connection with others. Uh, So it's neat when you can recognize the face of the person behind the counter when you walk into a store because you've already kind of met them through our magazine, through our website. And Jenny, you have a great story in the magazine about tea and how to properly steep it because you found that cannabis companies who are producing tea maybe could make teas great, but didn't necessarily know how to properly brew it. Well, I do really like tea. I'm a daily tea drinker with a bit of a nerdy habit. The best thing that ever happened was getting a kettle that I can set the brewing temperature to or the boiling temperature to uh, because different teas need different temperature water. And I don't, that was one of the major things that I felt like cannabis companies weren't addressing uh, with their teas. Um, I've, we've had teas. There's a green-based tea. There's a mate-based tea. There's a rooibos tea. A lot of them just kind of said, boil water, throw it in there. Yay. Uh, <laughs> there can and, and even should be more subtlety to the way you brew tea to bring out the best flavors from the tea. Um, I mean, I don't know whether this really affects the cannabis delivery or not but I mean I certainly found that I was getting lots enough effect from the teas that I was brewing brewing it the way I would for any other tea of that same variety so you know I think it's 
important to take care with your tea. It's there's rituals around tea for a reason. Um, it's really soothing and really calming, and I think really goes well with the idea of of cannabis and its consumption. I think picking up the magazine is worth it just to get your tea brewing tips, which of course can be applied for teas that don't even have cannabis in them. I do enjoy a nice mug of tea after getting a little bit baked. Helps with the dry mouth. I find it to be comforting too. Mm -hmm. Something warm in my hands. Yes, that's true. The sensation as well is, is really pleasant. Let's check in. Jenny, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm, I'm getting nice and toasty, though more functional than I often would be um, with this kind of dose. But I would definitely be okay curling up on the couch to watch a movie or something right now. <laughs> I'm starting to get those smiling cheeks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I feel like, yeah, those glazed donut eyes and the like goofy grin that you every once in a while you're cognizant of the fact that you're grinning, but you can't stop. <laughs> we have Corey Doan with us today. Corey is the author of Canadian Cannabis Stocks Simplified, a how-to guide for the budding investor. It's actually the first book about Canadian cannabis investing that was published, so a hat tip for that. She also moonlights as a feature writer for The Ounce. Thanks for joining me, Corey. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here. Oh, it's awesome to talk to you. I read everything that you write with interest uh, and you go in depth and have such a an intelligent take on what's been happening. And earlier this month, I noticed that my cannabis stocks were inexplicably skyrocketing. Uh, Afria in particular rose on one day an astounding 223% through my app. So what happened? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy, really, what just happened. Um, it's, to use a cliche, it was a perfect storm. The cannabis industry has been on a steady incline for the last couple of months, uh, mostly due to the American interest from uh, when Kamala Harris announced that they were going to legalize the cannabis on the platform for um, legalization in the United States. Uh, stocks have been on a steady incline, and... Uh, to add to that uh, incline was the announcement that Afria and Tilray were going to merge. And the investment community really responded to that. It was two powerhouses. Uh, Tilray has only ever traded in the United States, so it adds uh, a lot of U.S. exposure. And Afria uh, was known in the United States that had some history in the past had to pull out because of some uh, changes in regulations a few years ago. Uh, but they became the world's largest cannabis conglomerate when they merged. And uh, so the stock was inclining pretty good on that news and was trading above value when it got hit with Wall Street bets. 
and that would be the day that you were talking about that Apriya skyrocketed a good 200% in one day. It was a crazy day. These Wall Street bets folks had an interesting effect on GameStop, uh, really propelling that stock. And uh, it's amazing to me what such a small group of uh, disruptors, well, they certainly turned into a large group by the time it was done, can do to the market. Uh, how does a you know, regular old investor react when something like that happens? just drop your jaw and say, wow, um, it was really quite remarkable. I felt like I really missed an opportunity in there to sell. And when I looked back after and thought, wow, I could have just pocketed a whole big amount of money. I, I think that a, a lot of people afterwards, when it started dropping, were panic selling too. So I guess it, it probably avoiding panic in a situation like that might be worthwhile. Yeah, the inclination definitely was there to sell, and uh, skilled traders would have sold and taken some profit and recognized that the stock would eventually settle down. Um, at the time when you're going through those markets, so you don't know when the top is going to be, and this is going to go to the moon, so a lot of people hang on. Uh, in that particular instance, the timing was really specific, I believe. Uh, it happened on the very morning that Canopy Growth released their quarterly financials. And anybody that knew that those financials were coming out that morning probably predicted or had a good inkling that they might not be very good. And so a lot of people would have sold stock the day before uh, January or February 9th. And so they sold the stock the day before. They actually didn't have stock to sell the day of the skyrocketing. They would have missed out and had to have waited for two or three days to buy the stock back at a lower price after the uh, Wall Street bets investors walked out of there. Have you seen anything like that before in all the time you've been watching these stocks? I've seen a lot of things in, in my career with a lot of strange impacts. I was a broker during the BREAC days, BREAC days, mm-hmm. uh, two, and I remember how markets uh, <laughs> were really quite phenomenal back at that time. I also survived the internet bubble. So I have seen a lot of crazy impacts on the market or influences on the market and nothing like the Wall Street bets. That was very unique. I wonder if we'll be seeing more of that. I, I know that regulators are taking a look at uh, what's been happening and uh, Robin Hood, which is that trading app, has had to answer to Congress about the whole situation. Yeah, uh, this has been noted by the regulators and how they're going to uh, restrict this or monitor this in the future. I don't think they have really quite figured out how to address this yet. There are going to be three hearings. I believe they've already had the first from the House Financial Services Committee um, in the U.S. Congress. And uh, they investigated as to what they think happened or why it happened and who's to blame and who's not to blame. Uh, what kind of restrictions come out of that, that's yet to be determined. 
I think that some of the interpretations on this that you folks who don't have a billion dollars or even a couple of million dollars to invest are being denied access to some of the same tools that those with a lot of money do have. Yes, um, that I believe is carried through, and I believe that the financial industry does that in other aspects as well, where they will limit schools to the common investor and only make it available. Uh, for example, I'm what you call an accredited investor, which allows me to invest in private placements. Um, when I was a stockbroker a gazillion years ago, anybody could buy a product business. But now you have to have a million dollars or be making a million dollars or be a former broker like me. But somebody like you, who is a monkey, or pardon me, because I don't know what you make, but if you're not making a million dollars, uh, you can't go and buy just annual private placement fee capital financing. Um, and that is what happened as a result of uh, Reddit and Robinhood. Nick restricted the trading platform on Robinhood and a few other brokerage houses, not allowing the common investor to place buy orders in particular stocks. Um, and they would have been the stocks that were being seized in Wall Street that. And to me, that seems like an unfair advantage for the institutional traders and the head funds and managers. Well, as for my, my ability to invest, let's just say that I'm the kind of guy who's happy when he finds a toonie on the ground. What are some of your favorite stocks in the cannabis sector right now? My favorite? Well, okay, let's talk about the Okanagan. Where they, one of my uh, more bullish positions is in balance. I guess I should highlight with this, first of all, that I'm no longer an investor, uh, investment advisor. So anything that I say is kind of in my opinion only. But I, I do like balance. Uh, I think that the young CEO seems very formidable and knowledgeable and uh, driven. Um, I think he's taken a small idea and able to grow with it. Balance definitely been making some big moves purchasing Edible Maker Life and the K2 expansion. Uh, they're also looking now at doing pre-rolls and dabbling in dried flour. So basically have their hand in just about every single format that uh, cannabis can be sold. Right. So that, they're not in one particular lane. They're in a lot of lanes right now. And uh, they might be spreading their focus thin, I guess, is what the market reacted to last week when they made that purchase. Um but he's been able to make everything else work so far, so kudos on him, and hopefully he'll be able to continue on that path, or the several paths that he has started. Uh, what else do I like? Uh, well, while I was doing research for uh, the article that I was writing for you, I came across Lotus. Uh, they're a small producer in Armstrong. Uh, what I like about them is that they are sticking to the path. They do have a, a niche that they're going after. It seems like uh, they've got a non-THC content product. They've got a streaming partner that helps them with the marketing um, and the distribution. And they're actually operating in profit, which is something that you don't see very much right now in the cannabis industry. So um, whether they stay at that, they might expand, they might 
spend more money and that profit might get gobbled up eventually. But right now, they're, they're kind of a different steady donkey, I guess you could say, a little horse that can do it. You've been watching cannabis stocks for a while now, um, years in fact. Have any of the stocks surprised you? Uh, well, I started watching them back in 2013, and quite frankly, I was amazed and surprised that any of them uh, survived and that we've gotten far after a century of prohibition. At the time, uh, Trudeau was not yet even... Uh, the leader of the Liberal Party, let alone having it on his on the Liberal Party platform. So, uh, some of these stocks that surprised me, Namaste. I, I remember watching Namaste when it was only a penny or two, and they have definitely taken things to other levels and uh, gone up and gone down and uh, gone through all sorts of different processes, but they're still hanging in there. Uh, Canada Growth was, was the first one uh, back in the days when but was the first to for some I think it might have been Tweed. Mm-hmm. And then there was CGC for a while. Uh, they've always been fun to watch. Bruce Litton, uh, yeah, he was quite the character that you track of. Uh, I was in an investor in Aurora in its very early days. Kronos uh, was one that uh, I've always appreciated them because they were started out as a merchant bank. I kind of like the idea of merchants going around and buying uh, little pieces of different things. Uh, sort of like getting in on a mutual fund, kind of. Um, I've always been very bullish on Vivo, which started out as Abtech. And that might be a head scratcher to some people because it's definitely trading at lows uh, from where it was. Um, I like them because of the medical component that they have. They've got a lot of good doctors on the board. So I keep them in my portfolio. And it appears that 2021 is going to continue to see mergers and acquisitions. So we've seen Afria and Tilray, Valens and Life, and now Hexo and Xenobis. What's driving this trend? Well, they have to stutter so many facilities, and uh, the idea is to match synergies uh, to stream off operations so that they don't have to have uh, two marketing departments, two sales departments, two sets of, oh, I don't know, HR, and they can streamline the facilities in each province and uh, tackle whatever it is that they're going to grow and what niche market they're going to go after. So, and uh, going forward, well, <laughs> I, got, I don't have a seat at the table, so I don't know who's at top in negotiations right now, but I would like to think that Kronos might be a merger of somebody that might be looking at something. I would think Vivo, it's, it's a tier two stock, it's uh, making millions, I think over 10 million a quarter. Um, I think that they would be a good marriage with another bigger conglomerate. So those would be two stocks that I keep an eye on for mergers. Not that I'm saying that they would merge with each other. They might. Uh, but I would say that those would be two stocks that would be good little picks. Well, Corey, I always love your insights. Thanks so much for joining me on By the Ants podcast. Well, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun.
If you're looking to read more from Corrine Doan, I'd recommend her Okanagan Cannabis Stock Primer, which is on theounce.ca. <laughs> Jenny's high. I've lost my co-host. <laughs> I really just want my peanut M&Ms right now. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> but nobody wants to listen to chewing on a podcast. Nobody does. <laughs> We've been there, done that. <laughs> we'll probably do it again, let's be real. Jenny, thanks so much for joining me. You're very welcome, David. I like doing this with you. Me too. It's a good opportunity to hang out and talk about weed. Which is always a fun time. It's one of my favorite topics. Let's be real. Good thing that you're doing what you're doing then. Can I go eat my peanut M&M's now?